At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on v one of those idiots who believe in analytics. No Gil Alexander today on a numbers game presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Gil and for Jeff. Uh, joining us now, top of the hour, of course, Jason Weingarten, Spreadopedia up on Twitter, as you know. Get his thoughts on everything going on in the world of baseball. Jason, appreciate it because I understand that you're traveling, so thanks for making some time this morning. Uh, wanted to start, and you're big on the futures, obviously, and your brain has been picked a thousand times over on these markets, but I get to pick it one more time, and I do have a question for you. I wanted to start in the National League MVP race because we were discussing not only the series for the Mets and how successful that was, obviously, against the Yankees, but Pete Alonso shows out against the Yankees in a pretty big spot in these two games. Well, what do you make of this race overall and the chances for a guy like Alonso, who's got some pretty solid numbers on a team that's going to win a lot of games in a market that seems pretty rife, I think, for some upward mobility for some of these guys? You're, you're asking me if I, if I like Alonso here? Or just what is the, what's your chances? What do you think his chances are at 15 to 1 or so to move upward? Because at Goldschmidt at minus 155 as an odds on favorite, I feel, is a little overpriced, especially when it comes to MVP. You see these guys make late pushes all the time. Absolutely. Especially, you know, you think about last year, Bryce Harper was still probably about 30 to one as we got into August. So uh, looking farther down the board, you can still make cases for all sorts of players. Um, you know, if they have a, a good final two months of the season, I don't think Alonzo is going to pass uh, Freddie Freeman or Austin Riley at this point, but his, uh, his numbers are very good. You know, nothing, take nothing away from, from Alonzo, but, you know, when you when you look at the advanced the advanced stats, you know the the war numbers and everything, he's 
still significantly trailing the Goldschmidt, Freeman, and uh, Austin Riley tier. So this kind of dives, dovetails nicely with what one of the things I wanted to bring up with you. So I cover NBA for us here at VSIN. And one of the things that I found in like evaluating the awards markets is that voters can be pretty simplistic sometimes, right? Like there's, there's weird cliches that they'll buy into second year players can't win most improved player, despite a statistical profile that says they probably should. When you look at the way voters vote now for MVP and these awards, like how do you gauge how they vote? Are advanced metrics a really big part of this? Cause it does seem in the world of the NBA that I cover, it is not really a big part of how a majority of voters cast their ballots. Thus you can get pretty simplistic with your evaluation of the process you know what I mean yeah absolutely sometimes it's very important not to overthink these things you know and just go with the back of the baseball card stats I do think war matters you know I don't think necessarily digging deeper into you know home run fly ball rates and exit velocities and all that stuff moves the needle with voters I do think they, they look at fan graph war and that that does potentially move the needle but uh yeah i think i think like i said the the main thing is this these are very straightforward sort of markets and don't don't overthink here all right the other of course is the uh, the american league mvp from an odds perspective it seems like it's a two-horse race between judge and otani and judge seems to be creating some distance between himself and shohei otani uh, it's kind of along the same lines too in terms of how these voters evaluate this but what do you make of judge and this push now of course he had a pretty decent showing the first game against the new york mets uh, and has been okay since he's come back from the all-star break and otani gets blown up by the braves the last time we saw him on the mound he's going to pitch tonight uh, but is this now where judge starts to create some separation between himself and Otani, especially with the rising risk that maybe the Angels uh, start to limit Otani, maybe even pull the plug on him late in the season if they start to get like, you know, 20 games-ish below 500, have nothing to play for? I haven't heard anything about potentially pulling the plug on Otani. So, um, you know, whoever's, whoever's been reporting that is probably, it's probably baseless at this point, although it is possible uh, when it comes to the the Judge Otani thing, I, I definitely have been talking about this a lot. But when you when you compare Judge's numbers this year to uh, Lad's numbers last year, with the same same amount of at bats through the same point of the season, uh, Jordan, uh, sorry, not Jordan, uh, Lad Junior last year was actually a better player. The only thing the only thing Judge has on on Lad was uh, home runs or is home runs. I think he's about five ahead of where Vlad was at this point last year. Uh, you know, if, if, as far as the argument for Otani versus Judge, I really do think it's a three-way race. I don't think the market is accurately reflected at all. Uh, Jordan Alvarez is just as good, if not a better hitter, on just as good, if not a better team than the Yankees. So I have no idea why Jordan Alvarez is still getting 10 or 15 to 1 and Judge is getting, you know, minus 110. This point last year, uh, Vlad Jr. was still getting 7 to 1. Uh, if you're not an Otani fan, I think Vlad Jr. is the best player in the American League. I call it the pinstripe premium. Yep. The market is in love with, with uh, Aaron Judge because he's a Yankee, but he strikes out 25% of the time. He is not the best player in the American League right now. And frankly, you know, Shohei Otani is still the guy. 21 home runs, more strikeouts than Cy Young, uh, NL Cy Young favorite Sandy Alcantara. So. Anybody who doesn't think he's the best player in baseball and deserving every MVP every time he does this is crazy. Yeah, I like the pinstripe premium because it's not just the pinstripe premium, but it's also the pinstripe premium with a guy who's going to lead the league in home runs, which I think a lot of people love. 
Vlad led the league in home runs last year, got zero first place votes. So you're talking about voting, you know, and that's really what matters is the the voters. I mean, you could just look at last year's voting and see that they basically set the precedent that Otani is the best player in baseball. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not unanimous this year, but how how is Otani, who's a better pitcher year over year, all of a sudden not the MVP because the Yankee hits a lot of home runs? That when you when you kind of speak it out and mm-hmm. Seems, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. As a fan of Angels baseball, uh, you are preaching to the choir. Uh, all right, really quickly. So we're going to see Otani later today. Uh, he is a relatively sizable favorite, well over 230 in some spots against the Rangers. But this is an Angels team who also yesterday, Jason, started, I think they had four guys in the lineup that were batting 225 or lower. Again, Otani's been great as a pitcher, but is the price here a little high because Otani's pitching at home? Too high for me. You know, I call them the, the triple angels most day most days at this point. Unfortunately, you know, if it wasn't if, if Otani wasn't pitching I, I would not even consider watching this game tonight at this point in the season. But uh yeah, no, I can't I can't back the Angels here. What I did do I've been betting these same game parlays every time Otani starts where I parlay the the first inning over, Otani to hit a home run and Otani's over and strikeouts. Usually pays about fifteen uh, 19 to one or so still playing around with the numbers on those today. But, uh, I do, I do like to attack these games, and, you know, different, uh, different ways when Otani's pitching. All right. We see the uh, Yankees, um, not in action. Actually, no, excuse me. They are in action against the Royals, a team that, uh, the angels just played. What do you make of the Benintendi acquisition here for New York and outfield bat that they needed? It's a little bit for average gets on base a little bit more. It's obviously something that was a necessity for them. Does it move the needle at all for you in terms of how you rate these guys? No, I mean Andrew Benintendi is a nice player, but it doesn't doesn't really you know change change a ton for me. Other than getting Joey Gallo's bat out of the lineup is yep. necessary at this point for the Yankees. You know, just uh, something that has to be done. Any worry on the cracks in the armor that we're kind of seeing with him? Giancarlo Stanton, Achilles tendonitis. Uh, we saw if, you know they've struggled against really good teams. The pitching is starting to come back down to earth a little bit. In terms of the grand scheme of things for New York, are you worried at all from what we've seen, or is this just another, hey, man, it's a 162-game season. You're going to get stretches like this. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to get stretches like this, and Yankees you know, fans and media tend to, anytime they lose one or two two games in a row, start to – Panic that the bottom of the lineup's not good, that they got to make a move, that they need Juan Soto, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, you just have to accept that it's never going to be enough in New York. Uh, but when it comes to how, what I think of the team, I think the Astros are the best team in the American League. I don't think the Yankees are relatively close to them, top to bottom. All right, let's go a little bit further down the board here um, when it comes to the games today. Get your thoughts. McKenzie's going to be on the hill here for the Cleveland Guardians. They're on the road opposing Boston and Crawford. They're about a $1.20 road favorite. We know about the struggles of the Red Sox lately. Uh, What do you make of this market making the Guardians road favorites here against the Sox? You know, I I bet the under in that game. I think I got nine plus 100 overnight. So I'm hoping both teams have a little bit of – ineptness on offense there but in in general i'm 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 at the point where we start getting into august that there are going to be certain teams that even if i have an edge on their game i'll probably just throw it out and the red Sox are quickly getting into that 
profile for me. Okay. All right, let's go to 510 then p.m. Pacific time. So after the All-Star break, we see the Mariners just get dragged back down to earth by the Houston Astros. Uh, Astros, of course, follow that up with a poor series against Oakland. Urquidy's on the hill here against Gilbert. Astros are a forty favorite later tonight. Uh, what do you make of this matchup overall between these two and what we saw from them early? Was that more of a case of, hey, look, man, like you're just coming back. It was a 14-game win streak, hard to maintain. Uh, but I, I feel like this Astros team, like you kind of alluded to it, maybe they're not getting enough credit for how much better they are than some of these teams specifically within their own division. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the Mariners are good and the Astros are great. And, you know, matchups like this coming out of the All-Star break or the, the one that the Astros-Mariners series we just had is always a good test, you know, for for the the lower, you know, ranked team, in this case, Mariners, to see, you know, can we compete with the, you know, the, the best teams in our division or our league and, you know, what we saw is essentially they can't. But then the Astros went to Oakland and got swept. They're the only uh, the only team to sweep the Astros this year is the Oakland Athletics. So baseball's weird sometimes <laughs> and you know, I, I think I think the Mariners are a very good team. I think they are very alive to land Juan Soto, so um, let's see what they do at the break because this, uh, this team might look different in a couple days. Jason Weingarten at Spreadopedia up on Twitter. Jason, we're up against it, but thanks for some time again, especially since you're traveling. Appreciate it, dude. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Always fun. Yeah, they, I can't. Um, we're talking about a lot of these teams and the way this baseball season has gone along. They thought that the Astros, which sickens me, is actually a lot better than the market's given them credit for. They're just kind of slowly sneaking along, especially with the way they developed those arms. And uh, they look like, again, potentially the best team in the American League. I think they are the best team in the American League. That is, unless, of course, the Yankees acquire Juan Soto. And that would be pretty interesting. Of course, Will Hill bringing up those rumors as Jeff Passon reported it on radio earlier today. All right, we'll take our break here. We get back into the AFC West, Los Angeles Chargers. We'll dive into them with a little bit more depth on the other side. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. College Football Guide is out now, folks. Come on, start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations on those win totals, plus best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions from our analysts. Only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VEASAN All-Access subscriber. Sign up for VEASAN All-Access today. Get everything we offer for the entire football season. Entire football season. That means all the way through, what, February? Jesus Christ, what a deal. Beeson.com slash subscribe where you want to go. Beeson.com slash subscribe. The other tidbit I will give you, because I did write the Mountain West Conference preview. Air Force is going to be really freaking good. And Air Force is going to win about, I will say, 10-ish games. Schedule is beautiful for a team that brings back, I was about to curse, a crap ton of a crap ton of uh of returning production, we'll say, including a running back fullback combo that rushed for over 2,000 yards and 24 touchdowns a season ago. Troy Calhoun's got a pretty good squad going. Over to Colorado Springs. Yeah, it's Colorado Springs. I always forget them. And uh, I think it's Fort Collins where the Rams are. Anyway, we move on. I digress. The Los Angeles Chargers. Let's talk about this. The team that I think a lot of people uh, expect if there is going to be an upset in the AFC West, it would be this team that is able to get it done. Win total of nine and a half, heavily shaded to the over at minus 145. They are a $1.50 favorite to make the postseason. To miss the postseason, plus 125, these numbers courtesy of BetMGM. To win the AFC West, second choice on the board, plus 235. To win the AFC, plus 850. And to win the Super Bowl, 16-1. to 1. So, again, you focus on strengths. And, of course, because of all of these, Justin Herbert is going to be the center of a lot of the analysis here. Herbert's got awesome weapons. It is Austin Eckler. It is Mike Williams. It is uh, Keenan uh, Allen, right? There's a lot going on when it comes to what you're looking at from a weapons standpoint for the Los Angeles Chargers. Their offensive line, we'll call it like 75% good. Right tackle is a pretty big question mark for them. Storm Norton started a whole bunch of games. It looks like he gets some reps at right tackle, and that's going to be a problem because he's a turnstile, one of the worst offensive linemen uh, from a pass-blocking standpoint a year ago. So that's going to be a little bit of an issue for the Los Angeles Chargers. However, hardly calling the offensive line a weakness, the L.A. Chargers. 
So when you look at this as a whole, you understand why a lot of these numbers would be shaded as high as they are. Hell, you can understand why Justin Herbert, who finished second in terms of passing yards last year, second in terms of attempts, is the favorite to lead the league in passing yards, is up there when it comes to passing touchdowns, and his actual passing touchdown prop as well. And they're high. I mean, look at some of these numbers. 4,700.5 yards in terms of passing. Passing touchdowns, 36.5. And And you see the other, uh, Keenan Allen, for example, 1,000 yards. Keenan Allen receiving touchdowns, 7.5. I'd make the argument that Maybe he's not even the best receiver on the roster, but regardless, you're going to see with the Chargers a lot of high numbers when it comes to these offensive props because they are a team that the market thinks a lot of coming into this year. Now, actually, if we're going chalky, if you will, the one thing that I do like for the Los Angeles Chargers from a specific player standpoint is Herbert to lead the league in passing yards. And yes, he is the favorite to do so, but you can paint, point to a whole lot of strengths. We talked about a few of them, but again, I will go back to one of the things that is not often discussed when it comes to this, and it's evaluating the strength of schedule and evaluating your opponents. His divisional opponents, this is not a good defensive division. There are thoughts that maybe the Broncos are better than they are. Will Hill uh, spoke to that. We'll get to the Broncos a little bit later. But the opportunity for Herbert to pick on some lesser secondaries consistently when it comes to their division is going to be out there. And you look at the schedule, too. AFC South are among the opponents. We're talking about the Jags and the Texans immediately right off of the bat right there. There's opportunity here for Justin Herbert to rack up the yards when it comes to passing yards. So that's specifically if we're talking about from a player prop standpoint, I like, but when we talk about the chargers as a whole, there are a few things that stick out. And I think the first is, is this defense going to be any better when it comes to their ability to stop the run? Because yes, we can talk about the sexy names you add along the edge for the Los Angeles chargers. But at the end of the day, this was a team that was by far one of the worst. And actually in some metrics, the worst run defense in the National Football League last year. To give you an idea of what we're talking about when it comes to this, the Chargers uh, last season, when it comes to their run defense, uh, when they were, we're talking about bottom of the league, 28th in terms of adjusted line yards allowed per carry, according to Pro Football Focus, 4.66. When it comes to power success rate defensively, so that means we're talking about runs of two yards or shorter that go for a first down on third and fourth down or runs inside the two-yard line in the red zone, they allowed opponents to have success in those situations 72% of the time. They only stuffed 14% of their opponents' runs behind the line of scrimmage. We're talking about across the board here, folks, the best metric that football outsiders tracks when it comes to like upfront line defense, rushing metrics, they were 17th. And that was in open field yards allowed per carry at 0.66 was not a good front in terms of what they did defensively. And while they're a great pass rushing front, it's a little bit of a problem. And you saw that in a lot of ways last year when it came to their inability to stop the run, the Los Angeles chargers. And I don't think they really added much to get better there. The other part of this, and this is kind of, I think, a little bit of a misnomer when it comes to how Staley runs his defense. Part of what the issue is, if you read about Staley's defense, is the thought of inviting the run, right? Uh, at least you know that the run is coming. It's part of the way that they play, lesser boxes. So, like, those sort of things, I think that's part of it. But their personnel just isn't really set up to handle something like this. And I think that's the really big turnoff for me for Los Angeles. Part of the reason why they went 9-8 and eight last year, despite putting up some really solid offensive numbers, was the fact that their defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. And while Staley's uh, penchant, for going forward on fourth down, which I don't want to get into that conversation again. If you don't understand the value of adding to your win probability by going through it fourth down, I mean, you're probably not going to want to understand it. That's still going to be there for Staley and the Chargers as they come into this year, but it's a big reason why they were losing quite a few of these games. And so when you're talking about, again, 
win total of nine and a half for the Los Angeles Chargers. A weakness that is still, I think, a really strong weakness for them when it comes to their inability to stop the run. A, we'll call it a pretty solid weakness on the right side of the offensive line as well. And then again, you get into what this schedule and what this division is going to look like. You can kind of make a case. Like, and this is why you always talk about these from this perspective. Just like we were talking about with Kansas City. Does this mean I think the Chargers are going to win like eight, seven games and be terrible? No. But if we're talking about laying minus 145 for this team to win nine and a half or more games, or nine and a half or more, 10 or more games, to me, the implied probability of minus 145 is too high for this team in this division. When we're talking about to win the AFC West at plus 235, right? I don't think those odds represent what their true odds are to win this division. I think they should be a little bit longer odds to win this division overall too. Because again, I think the gap between them, the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Chiefs is much tighter than the market's giving them credit for. And also to win the AFC, to win the Super Bowl, just think the odds really, especially with those, are more reflective of liability or protection of liability because they're going to be a popular team at the window than their true odds themselves. And evaluating their schedule as well, again, when you're talking about looking at the schedule, it is littered, the Los Angeles Chargers, with, I think, coin flip spots that they're going to find some pretty difficult situations to win games consistently to the point where we're talking about 10-7, and 11-6. By the way, I'm getting really good with those records since we've gone to 17 games. Uh, I've gotten it down, Pat. Uh, but you look at the way they start the year, right? There are really, is really good opportunity that this team could start off relatively well. But opening games against the Raiders and on the road against the Chiefs before you come back home against the Jags and the Texans. Sure, we can circle weeks three and four as wins. A game on the road against the Browns would not circle that as a victory given how good that defense can be for the Cleveland Browns. And remember how poor this team is at defending the run. You could tell me that, oh, it's Jacoby Brissett. Yes, it's Jacoby Brissett with an offense that I think since uh, Stefanski has been there on design runs averages about 4.5, 4.6 yards per carry. So that's going to be difficult. Then you come back home for the Broncos, home against the Seahawks, which we'll find. That's, uh, we, we can circle the Seahawks as well. But you're kind of understanding my point here. As you look throughout this schedule, more, more often than not, the Chargers are finding themselves in games in which that spread is going to be within a field goal or so, and it's going to be difficult to find high-probability wins across the board. On the road against the 49ers, on the road against Los, uh, excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals. Right, Even home games against the Dolphins, against the Colts, having to take on the Rams in, I mean, who knows? What is that? Is that even a, is that a road? It's, it's a home game, but in terms of support, you would think there's probably a little bit more Ram support in, a building, in the building than the Chargers. I just think when you look at this for Los Angeles overall, this is another team as we kind of get into this year that the market's super high on. Hey, man, they... Some people, they have a sexy quarterback. Hell, some people might feel like he's actually sexy. And Justin Herbert with the long flowing locks and everything like that plays for a market like the Los Angeles Chargers. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the win totals, the probabilities, things of that nature, just think like it's a little too high for the LA Chargers. And, you know, I think we've kind of, we've kind of gone through this at this point. And the two teams that we've talked about so far, I've kind of just been like, eh, nah, like a little too high. Rather play against them enough. It's just when you're looking at it from the perspective of probabilities, by the way that I evaluate these teams, it's just a little too high. And they could go on to win the Super Bowl and win 10 games, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the odds you're betting into right now are correct or that it was the good bet, right? Never means that just because the event actually happened. So with that, Chargers are going to suck. No, the Chargers are going to be fine. I think Herbert's got a really good chance to lead the league in passing yards, but uh, don't really find any value in, again, betting them to have a successful season. By the way, Herbert looks way better with the long hair. That, that stretch where he like 
he shaved his head and he looked like a middle school bully in like a Pixar movie. Like, yeah, it did not look very good. Agreed. Right? It looked terrible. Uh, all right. By the way, I got some looks when I said they might actually have a sexy quarterback back there. I know you guys agree. All right. We'll come back. Uh, we're going to take our break from the team-by-team team analysis uh, when it comes to the NFC West. Matt Hamilton's going to join us. Uh, well, let's, let's see if he agrees with me. Is Justin Herbert sexy? We find out next here on a numbers game and also whether or not the Chargers can go over their win total of nine and a half. I think that's the more important stuff. Welcome back in. It's a numbers game presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in on this uh, wonderful Thursday. I got a big weekend ahead of me. A lot of partying as a, uh, as a man with two offspring children, as they call them. Uh, oh, yeah. You'll be lucky if you see me on Sunday. I'll put it that way. Matt Hamilton, producer of Good Morning Football, and also host of a new show, The Breakdown, on the Kansas City Sports Network. It's nice enough to give us some time today. Matt, first time I've gotten to speak to you, so thank you very much for the time this morning. Uh, I actually I wanted to open up with a little bit of news that we got at a training camp, and this is the unfortunate part about training camp, right? Because this is the time where all of a sudden you get the reports, you know, player X dealing with something goes down. We get some bad news out of Tampa Bay. Ryan Jensen carted off the field today. They're starting center with an apparent knee injury. As Todd Bowles has said in his uh, press conference, we saw that Ali Marpet, of course, in the off season retired. Now, Matt, all of a sudden you're looking at Tampa Bay. If this is a serious injury for Ryan Jensen, you've got some real question marks along the interior of this offensive line for Tom Brady. Yeah, and uh, Jonathan, thank you for having me on. It's uh, it's it's a pleasure to be on with you this morning. Um, but you're right; it's uh, it's an issue, especially at, following the retirement of Ali Marpet. Um, you know, if this is a serious injury now for for Jensen, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be significant because, as we know, you know Brady uh, Brady was never the most mobile guy, yep. and that's definitely not a strong suit of his now. So he needs that interior, that offensive line, especially to, to hold up and, and keep that pocket intact for him so he can step up and, and stay clean. Cause obviously you never want him taking too many hits, but especially at this stage of his career, um, you really got to try to keep him clean as best you can. And selfishly, as I mentioned off the year, maybe a good thing for me, I have Rashad white to win off as rookie of the year, more checkdowns to what I think is going to be their best running back by the time the season comes to an end. But with that, we are previewing the AFC West today, Matt. So let's talk a little bit more about that division and we'll start with the Kansas city chiefs. So my whole thing with Kansas city is I think we know their strengths, right? Patrick Mahomes really freaking good. Travis Kelsey, really freaking good offensive line, arguably among the best in the NFL. But the big question is, what does this receiving core look like and how much, if at all, does it bring this offense back down to earth? Your thoughts on the receiving core as a whole and also just your philosophy and thoughts on the value of wide receivers in today's National Football League because I think they are much more impactful and I think it's a legitimate question to ask what this team looks like with a lot of questions at at wide receiver in a new wide receiver room. Yeah, and there's definitely questions there. I like what they've done overall. to try to replace Tyreek. Obviously, you're not going to replace Tyreek Hill. He's a unique player. Um, but what they've done to try to fill in those gaps, you add a speed threat like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, he really does. He has that 4-3 speed. He brings a vertical element to the game. Um, I think Sky Moore was a great value in the second round. We saw his route running really on display at the combine. He was incredibly impressive. 
Um, he's a versatile piece as well. You can line him up in the backfield. You can line him up in the slot. Pretty much move him all over. And then Juju, who's a really reliable weapon out of the slot. So they have, and obviously still Travis Kelsey. So there's a lot going on in this passing game. The speed of Hardman as well. They have a lot on this depth chart. Uh, it's a deep wide receiver room. Obviously you lose that unique talent, but there's so much depth there. And you mentioned that great offensive line that they have. Uh, that's definitely going to be a strength for them this year. And I wonder if the offense just looks a little bit different this year. If they, if they lean on the run game a little bit more, they spent that first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, he's had some issues staying healthy over the years, but you know, there's talent there. They brought in Ronald, Ronald Jones. Obviously, you don't want to take the ball out of Mahomes' hands, uh, and it's still going to rely heavily on this passing game. But I do wonder if we do see a little bit more of a commitment to the run because I think they're they're going to be really efficient there with what they've built up front and the and the running back room they have. But I think I think this offense still has more than enough pieces uh, to be really successful. The, one of the things that worries me most about them, honestly, is is on the defensive side of the ball, replacing a guy like Tyron Matthew. Um, and his skill set, we saw as soon as he went out in that Bills game, you saw how the defense just completely fell apart. Uh, so that would be one of my one of my biggest concerns with them is just yeah, how do you, how do you replace a guy like that? Uh, so really quickly, last point on the Chiefs wide receivers, and we'll get to that defense too because I think it's a it's a brilliant point. It's something we brought up. You mentioned Sky Moore. So I've got to take it on and win offense rookie of the year. And I kind of wanted to put him together with McCall Hardman because Hardman has kind of been this guy where like last year, I think what was it? 813 yards receiving, but I feel like you've wanted a little bit more. This is the opportunity for him to do so. But what do you think the chances are that by the time we get to the season's end, Sky Moore is actually the more reliable option for Patrick Mahomes than Hardman. I think there's a good chance of that because Hardman, while he's shown, he can be that, that vertical threat and he has some speed. He just hasn't made the progress I think they'd like to see out of him as a complete receiver. The route running's not quite there. The hands aren't as consistent as you want him to be. Uh, I think Sky Moore is a more complete player, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up being the more reliable target uh, by the time we get to the end of the season. Oh, look at this. This is, this is perfect timing. Uh, so we do have Matt Hamilton on. We're talking about the AFC West and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, how does this news strike you that comes down a couple of seconds ago? Uh, Carlos Dunlap, veteran defensive end, has signed a one-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. There we go. Um, just more depth for, for them up front. I mean, he's a guy who's, who's a really talented uh, run defender as well as a pass rusher. Uh, big guy, loves to get his hands up in the passing lanes. Uh, you add him into the mix now with, with first-round pick George Karloftis. They obviously sell Frank Clark, Chris Jones up front. This is a it's a really good group up front. They didn't get they didn't generate the pass rush uh, last year the way they really want to, and I think the injuries to Frank Clark and Chris Jones that they had to battle through all year were a big reason for that. Um, so I expect you know they're in the bottom ten of the league in, in sacks. I expect that to change pretty dramatically just if. if Clark and Jones can stay healthy. Um, if Carlosis can contribute, and now you add Dunlop to the mix, that's a that's a really strong group they have going up front right now. So we've seen the last few seasons, last year not so much, but we have seen that there has been a gap, obviously, in this division between the Chiefs and the rest of the pack. This is now one of the more intriguing divisions in the NFL with the addition of Devontae Adams over in Las Vegas, Russell Wilson in Denver. So how much, if at all, do you believe the gap has shrunk between the Kansas City Chiefs and the rest of the AFC West? I think it's definitely shrunk. Um, 
as I said, I mean, I think the Chiefs' offense will still be very good without Tyreek, but that's obviously a hit for them. Uh, and everybody else in the division got better. Everybody else improved. Uh, the Raiders, you know, we saw them finally finish the season strong and get into the playoffs last year, and adding uh, Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones into the mix is certainly going to make them stronger. Uh, I still have my questions about Derek Carr and his consistency going forward, but he has so much to work with, and and there's no doubt they improved. And he pro- he proved a lot last year with all the turmoil that went on there with how he was able to stabilize this team and, and get them into the playoffs. The Chargers, I'm, I'm big on the Chargers. I think, you know, they were really close last year. Uh, the defense wasn't quite where it needed to be. Going and getting Khalil Mack and, and one of the top corners in the league and J.C. Jackson is going to drastically improve them on that side of the ball. And this offense and Justin Herbert should just should only be getting better and better. He's a superb talent, uh, and I think he's developing from a mental standpoint the way that he needs to, and I expect him to take, take a significant step this year. Um, the Broncos are probably the biggest question mark to me. Obviously, Russell Wilson is going to make them a lot better. The defense is solid. Um, there's the expectation, yes, that Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are going to take this leap now mm-hmm. with Russell Wilson as their quarterback, but we still, you know, we don't know. We haven't seen it yet uh, from those guys. And Judy's had some key drops over the years. Obviously, there have also been plenty of times where he's open and the quarterback can find them. Um, but I think they probably have the most question marks to me. Um, even with Russell Wilson as their quarterback, but I expect all these teams to be very good. Um, you know, somebody's got to finish in last place in that division right. and out of the playoff race. And if I had to pick right now, I'd say the Broncos. I'd say are probably um, the team I would I would pick to finish finish last, just because I think they have more question marks than the others. But um, but yeah, it's 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 tough. That division is going to be so so competitive all year. So last ninety seconds, I feel like I know what your answer would be then. But if it's not the Chiefs who are the favorites to win this division, who is it? I would go with the Chargers. Yeah. I just think with with Herbert and his talent level and the upgrades they've made, I I really think the Chargers could challenge this year. Um, we saw that overtime game on Thursday Night Football. They went shot for shot with the Chiefs, and you know. Couldn't pull it out in the end, but I think yeah, with these upgrades that they've made, I could I could see them uh, I could see them really pushing for that division division title. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Hamilton twenty five producer. Good morning football NFL Network and uh, new show the breakdown on the Kansas City Sports Network. Where can people find uh, that and the rest of your stuff, Matt? Um, yeah, so you can uh, if you follow Kansas City Sports Network, you can find my show with Matt Castle the breakdown. We're going to be debuting it uh, ahead of Week One this season. And uh, good morning, football, 7 to 10 a.m., NFL Network. Um, I'll be on there from time to time again this season as well. And, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter, MattHamilton25. Matt, thanks for the time. Good to talk to you, man, and good to meet you. Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. You got Appreciate it. you. Good morning, football. My co-host, Matt Eumanns, the Santos, you can speak to this, his favorite show. His favorite show, Good Morning Football. All right, we'll take our break and we come back. I like that answer, by the way. We'll build on that. The team that he believes actually could finish last in this division, not the Las Vegas Raiders, but the Denver Broncos.
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager... At BetMGM, you can you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bet risk, free bets and risk free tokens. Man, I started strong. I'm stumbling. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager in the BetMGM app, sign up at BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's not about how you start. It's how you finish, huh? Finish strong there. And we're going to finish strong here on a numbers game. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for today. 
Uh, we are going through the AFC West. And really quickly, before we get back to the AFC West and the Denver Broncos, uh, I wanted to kind of reset the scene for the bit of news that we've gotten today. We've gotten two things of news, right? First off, uh, Ali Mar- Allie Marpet, uh, Ryan Jensen, the uh, starting center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has been injured. Uh, we don't know the extent of the injury. Todd Bowles has said that it is a knee injury. Reports, of course, that he gets carted off, so not very good when you put that together. Uh, but we were talking about this off the air, and uh, Matt Santos, my producer on the edge, is sitting back there because he does a wonderful job and has to work a lot. And we were talking about this, and I wanted to add to this, Santos, because it's not just Ali Marpet that's gone, uh, but their other starting guard is now with the Cincinnati Bengals from last year, right? Or if, for, to, from two years ago, whatever it was. Um, so when you look at it from that perspective, this is a little bit of a problem, I think, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when it comes to the interior of their offensive line. The guys that were starting along the interior over the last two seasons for Tom Brady are all gone. Now, Jensen, we don't know the extent of the injury, so you want him to be healthy. You don't want to project anything to that extent. But this is a guy who, if you talk about the narrative around Tom Brady and one of the weaknesses, and Michael Lombardi will say it all the time, whenever he returns to the Lombardi line, I don't know his schedule, um, but when he gets back to the Lombardi line, I am willing to bet that he will utter the phrase, right? What is it? Clog up the paint. Because that's what you do to Tom Brady. You want to get him off the spot, he'll use that phrase too. I did a whole show with him for an entire football season. I know. Uh, But he'll use those phrases. Because it's also very true, right? A lot of quarterbacks don't like pressure up the middle. But when you're a quarterback who doesn't have the ability to bounce out of the pocket and extend plays like Tom Brady, it doesn't really have. Well, all of a sudden, if the interior of your offensive line becomes a small weakness, well, then you're looking around and going, okay, maybe we have some problems here when it comes to the grand scheme of things. And this is about, look, just because your, your, your interior of uh, your offensive line is now considered a weakness. Does that mean this team's going to win eight games? Everything's going to fall apart. No. But when you're talking about, again, using the phrase like winning at the margins, and when you're talking about covering point spreads as the years go, as the year goes along, betting into the odds that are currently available for them to win the division, for them to win the Super Bowl, these kind of injuries, if this is in fact a season long or lengthy injury to me, those are things that impact the probabilities for a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are already overpriced as it is. So, again, just keep that in mind. Starting center Jensen does get injured, knee injury, and now all of a sudden we have questions about what's going on. I, all the guys in the back are distracted, and I would be too. Matt Ryan is doing stretches for Colts camp. Did you guys see the news yesterday, by the way? It's, it's over. Seven of eight and 11-11 drills? Come on now. It's over. It's done. And don't laugh. Don't laugh because the other thing, did you see the other part of that report? The ball came out with great zip. So that is, that's like a pure, unadulterated training camp report, right? Really good 11 on 11 stuff. And then like some sort of description of the passes on the new quarterback. Good zip. Came out with a strong velocity. Things like that. So uh, Colts, Super Bowl champions. Can't wait for that to happen at the end of the year. Now, a team that I don't believe will be winning any Super Bowls anytime soon. I shouldn't say anytime soon, but I have my questions about how highly rated they are. The Denver Broncos. So let's wrap up the AFC West conversation with what could be, as our guest earlier, Matt Hamilton said, could be the last place team in the AFC West. And I think that is pretty fascinating because there are some markets who offer the exactas, right, in terms of the way that these things uh, will shape up in the division. The fact that anybody would think that it's not the Las Vegas Raiders who finished last in this division is going to be highly priced. But regardless, win total of nine and a half for the Broncos, shaded the over at minus 140. Shocking. By the way, you notice a theme with all of these teams at the top of this division, Right. Nine and a half, ten and a half, shade it to the over. It's every single time, right? In a division that has three teams with a win total of nine and a half or better, the Chiefs have ten and a half, all three of them are, uh, in terms of the market, more likely to go over their win totals. Okay, so we're going to get three teams that win ten or more games in the AFC West. It's going to be pretty surprising. Uh, obviously, don't think that's going to be the case. 
$1.40 favorite to make the playoffs. Small underdog to miss the playoffs at plus 115. To win the AFC West, the third choice. All these numbers courtesy of BetMGM at plus 260. Plus 850 to win the Super Bowl and 16 to, or excuse me, to win the conference. 16 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. And William Hill brought up a point, which I do think is somewhat exaggerated. I don't think that there are many people who believe that Russell Wilson is cooked. In fact, I think the market would tell you that everybody thinks otherwise. And the Denver Broncos clearly didn't think that was the case as they shipped off assets to acquire him and maximize their window and do what we've kind of been waiting for the Denver Broncos to do for a while. Which of these teams in the NFL did you hear more of? Hey, man, the roster's there. They just need the quarterback. That's why they were rumored to get Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and now they end up with Russell Wilson. My problem with a guy like Russell Wilson, and there, there are so many ways to cut this up. And you can use the thing. I like numbers a lot. I like analytics. I just I why I feel at home at a show like a numbers game because I do enjoy the statistics, as kids call them. Um, but if you look at a certain metric, like war, for example, PFF has a war metric. Russell Wilson's gotten worse each of the last three years in terms of wins above replacement. How does that gel as you move now to Denver? A team that I think from a roster standpoint, two years ago, if you're looking at the Denver Broncos and you're evaluating the roster, you're going, hell yeah, this team's got a lot to work with. But I think at this point right now, not to say that they're devoid of talent, but that perception is still out that this is one of the better rosters in the National Football League. And you just drop Russell Wilson in the middle of it, and all of a sudden you got a Super Bowl contender. And I'm just not entirely sure that's the case. I thought that when we were talking with Matt just a couple of minutes ago, he brought up a great point. The assumption is that just because Russell Wilson is coming along, that this wide receiving group is just going to be a lot better. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. We've seen, though, a guy like Jerry Judy have some issues when it comes to the hands and drops. And while there's a lot to like about this roster overall, I think you're interested in terms of what the depth looks like at wide receiver. And I think more importantly is the perception that this team is going to be one of the best defensive teams in the NFL, when in reality, I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. I think you have legitimate questions about how good this secondary is when it comes to perception versus reality. If you take just one metric, again, like Pro Football Focus, for example, Patrick Sertan, their highest-rated corner, 66.3 coverage grade. After that, the drop-off is stark between Quan Williams and Ronald Darby, and I mean stark in terms of the effectiveness as guys who can cover the pass relatively important skill set for a cornerback, I would assume. And when you look at their ability as well, uh, when it comes to uh, their safeties, you, I think they're a lot stronger there, right? Justin Simmons is graded out as a really strong safety. He's going to be, I think, a pretty good part of what they're doing going forward. There's some intriguing depth there. Uh, when you have guys on the roster too, like Kareem Jackson, I think you expect a little bit more out of him. Did not grade out well last year. But I think when you look at them from a secondary perspective, there are weaknesses to be had there for the Denver Broncos. And I think that's what overall what worries me here is this is a team that is being priced as exactly what we talked about two years ago. One of the best rosters in the NFL, just give them a quarterback and they're going to be fine. But the quarterback you give them has, in some metrics, gotten worse year after year. Their secondary is not as good as perceived to be. I would say up front, they're not as good as perceived to be either. Something we discussed earlier in the show, every single one of these teams, when it came to run defense grade for PFF 16th or worse in the National Football League a season ago, and that's why I have a tendency to look anywhere else but some of these teams with short prices to win division, to win the AFC, to win the Super Bowl. And the Denver Broncos fall in that category because I think they are slightly overvalued. So from a number standpoint, as we kind of look at this thing in its entirety, 
for the division. And by the way, the schedule too, again, we talk about littered with coin flip spots. That's the Denver Broncos on the road against the Seahawks, a very like, we'll call it charged emotional game on the road for Denver and Russell Wilson in his first game there. And then a home game against the Texans. Sure. Winnable contests, but look at the games right after that 49ers, Raiders, Colts, chargers, all coin flip spots. The jets might get better. You come back out of the bye, coin flip spots against the Titans and the Raiders before you end out with one of the, like, I think one of the strongest stretches from a schedule standpoint from week 13 onwards road games against the Ravens, Rams, Chiefs. And then you wrap that up also in there with home games against the Chiefs, Cardinals, and Chargers, that's going to be a brutal stretch at the end of the year for the Denver Broncos. So for me, it's under on the nine and a half for Denver. I think there's a lot left to be desired here for the Broncos when it comes to their win total and wanting to bet that over. And it goes back to the division as a whole. If I'm betting anybody to win this division, it might surprise some, but I just think the price is the probability too low on the Raiders. I just think the gaps between these teams are much closer than the market's given them credit for. And I'm not entirely sure what the Chiefs are going to look like with a brand-new wide receiver room. Yes, there's depth, but there's not a lot of high-end talent in my mind. When you look at the Chargers, again, no real issues being fixed in terms of their biggest weakness last year, which is their run defense. And I think the Broncos are a little bit of an overvalued squad as we head into next year. So if we're talking about just probabilities, I think the probability that the Raiders are going to win that division should be higher than what the market gives credit for. Thus, the only play in terms of winning this division for me would be the Las Vegas Raiders to win the AFC West. So with that, we're all done here on numbers game. If you missed out on any part of the show, you can check it out up on vcin.com slash podcast. And that goes for any single one of the shows up on the network. And it cannot stress enough. Today is Thursday. That means our college football betting guide is out. Every single one of these teams in division one previewed with win total recommendations on every single one of them. It is very much worth your time. So check that out. If you're a VEASAN subscriber, and if you're not become a VEASAN subscriber, I'm at VEASAN.com slash subscribe Lombardi line. Yeah. Coming up next here on VEASAN. At bed, three, six, five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets. When you bet just $5, whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at bed, three, six, five, 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone, you know, has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.